Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. It's Wednesday of the North Shore Drive podcast, which means the NFL draft is a day away. And that means also what we us knowing the Steelers first round pick is is a day away. We're going to discuss a lot about that. We had a poll from, from the Accurate Fan Advantage going out to all Pittsburgh fans for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about which position the Steelers should prioritize. We'll talk about that. And we'll do a draft between myself, Brian Batko, and Ray Fittipaldo of the top options the Steelers could have in the first round. It's going to be a fun exercise right here in the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by two of our Steelers beat writers, Brian Batko and Ray Fittipato from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can get all of our content at post-gazette.com. Subscribe uh, to get to get all the great covers that we do, not just on sports, but also on the city of Pittsburgh and abroad. Guys, it's NFL Draft Week, and we have a lot to talk about as far as how the Steelers are going going to approach, especially the first round. It's Wednesday, which means the first round is tomorrow, Thursday, and we've been talking a lot about this. But we also wanted to get fan interaction as part of this show and part of our coverage for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. So as part of the Acrisure Fan Advantage, by the way, if you don't know about the Acrisure Fan Advantage, is what we do uh, to bring the, the, best, the best coverage for, for Steelers fans out there as we get our Steelers beat writers talking during the season. We had a, we had an augmented reality experience where we give you preview, brief previews going into games. Here, this time, we're doing, we did a poll where we got your interactions and your opinions on what is the priority in this draft class. And with the Accurate Fan Advantage vote, the fans made a clear winner here. And even with a day left in this poll, offensive line is the clear winner of Top priority to a lot of Steelers fans right right now. Uh, the offensive line winning 64.7% of the vote with a day left with six, over 670 votes in right now. The next up is cornerback at, at 22%, defensive line 11.8%, and then wide receiver 1.5%. So I think a lot of people are not buying into the Jordan Addison ideas, at least in the, in, in the first round. This is for the 17th overall pick. We'll start with we'll start with Brian. Brian, is your there's no there's not much surprise there, but are you a little surprised that cornerback and offensive line are that separated from sixty four percent to what like twenty two percent? I think it is. Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I think that's the way that this has been trending for the Steelers for a while now. When you just look at who they lost uh, in in free agency, when Cam Sutton doesn't return and goes to Detroit, and when you look at how they've been trying to rebuild this offensive line really for a few years now, and they didn't do much at the tackle position. So um, I think if you, if you think back to last year, you know, I also got the sense from a decent amount of fans that they really wanted the Steelers to focus more on the nuts and bolts of the operation than kind of the splashy 
positions. Um, I think in, in the end, a lot of Steelers fans were happy with the Kenny Pickett selection. And, you know, they were thrilled with the way he finished his rookie year. But I think if you just think back to last year at this time, a lot of the quarterbacks were kind of bunched together. Nobody was really sure what the Steelers would do if they went that route. So I just remember hearing from a lot of fans that wanted them to focus on the O-line, focus on the D-line, worry about quarterback at a later date. And uh, it's that seems to be bearing out again with the quote-unquote sexy position of wide receiver not getting much traction here in our poll. Uh, I think probably goes to show some of the audience that we have and some of the glaring deficiencies on this roster uh, that they've had for a few seasons now. Ray, are you on the same page as Brian here? Yeah, I mean, Chris, I, I picked Darnell Wright to the Steelers at 17 in my final mock, so I'm not surprised that offensive line won out among the fans. But I am a little bit surprised at the disparity between the other two positions. Mm. Uh, for me, I would not, depending on how the board falls, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a corner at 17, and I would not be surprised if it's a defensive lineman at 17. Joey Porter, Lucas Van Ness, Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones – Paris Johnson. I think any of those guys could end up being the pick. And hey, listen, all those guys we're talking about could be off the board too. And we could be talking about an edge or yeah. some down the line, like a Deontay Banks, you know, somebody like that too. So it's going to depend on how the board falls. So um, I'm not surprised that the fans are are on the O-line as much as maybe some of us analysts are, but uh, I, I was surprised that, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, 65 to 22%. I was not expecting that. In, indeed. Yeah, Ray, you and I are doing our – go ahead, Brian. We both picked offensive linemen for our final predictions for the Steelers, but I do have in the back of my head, I'm thinking last season, you know, the, the Bills game, the Eagles game, what was the biggest problem in those yeah. losses? It was the coverage in the secondary, and you just go back and think, you know, Omar Khan swings a midseason trade – at the deadline for William Jackson the third, obviously he never played that that amounted to nothing. But right. I do think it tells you a little bit about their thought process and their overall evaluation and assessment of their corners, at least in 2022. So that's the the one thing that's kind of gnawing at me a little bit that I didn't uh, mock a corner to the Steelers in the first round because I do think they've tipped their hand at that position or showed their hand a little more than others over this last uh, you know six eight months. And, hey, listen, 32 is basically a first-round pick, too. If you end up getting a corner at 32, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people would have issue with that either. Uh, that, that's where I'm at, and I think that's why I think it's, it makes perfect sense for both of you to pick offensive linemen in your final mocks for the Steelers because offensive line, I truly see a drop-off very early when it comes to the prospects and how, and how they're ranked in this class. After the first, like, three guys offensive tackle – you know, I, I think that there's, there's a, a steep drop off. I even think Darnell Wright might be a, 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 a significant step behind the Paris Johnsons and the Broderick Joneses, and that that's why, like Brian and your mom, you had them trading up to get him. I think that's a very real possibility here, uh, as far as making sure that they get their guy at offensive tackle. And like we've talked about all along, this is a deep cornerback class. There's a lot of guys in the second and some even in the third round that, that project it to be those, those rounds. We don't know exactly where they're going to be picked, but there's the guys that project to those rounds that I think you look at and they may not start right away, but they're going, they're guys that project to be franchise NFL cornerbacks or at least have the talent to fill that role moving forward. 
Yeah, we, we were just talking a little bit uh, off air before we fired it up and uh, started recording. And I think we were all kind of in agreement that yet again on Monday, uh, the Steelers GM and head coach <laughs> talked a lot and said very little. But, well, you know, one thing that did stand out to me a little bit was Mike Tomlin saying that they will trade up if they deem a player to be special. Um, now, that could just be coach speak. Or is that laying a little bit of a breadcrumb for – Thursday night when they walk into that media room after trading up for uh, a Paris Johnson Jr. or Broderick Jones, does he sit down and say, we thought this guy was special? Um, You know, I I feel like there are years where that groundwork is laid by them publicly. And obviously there are other years where they play it extremely close to the best and surprise you a little bit with the pick. But um, obviously, you know, they, they generally aren't trying to send smoke screens or confuse people with how they operate pre-draft in terms of the visits and the pro days that they go to. That was not the case the last couple seasons where they were linked early and often to Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris. And if you just look at the list of the visitors, guys, as you know, they've been linked to uh, a lot of the offensive tackles in this class, especially the uh, the top few of them. I hear you there. We got a fun exercise we're going to do here. We talked about all those different positions. Now it's going to be between the three of us. We're going to do a four-round draft where each of us are going to select players who we think are likely to be the Steelers' pick, and at least as far as what we think the Steelers should be going after. A draft within the draft. Exactly, a draft within the draft where we kind of build it out, and then we'll get you guys' guys response as part of the Accurate Fan Advantage as far as which group group of four picks did you like the most as far as options for the Steelers in the first round. All that and more here on the North. Short Drive podcast. But first, before we do anything else, got to tell you guys about GameTime.co, our great sponsors who give you the best ticketing options to find tickets for events near you, even if it's at the last minute. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports events, music events, comedy events, and theater events near you. They give you killer deals on last-minute tickets, and they have a best price guarantee that, that just can't be beat. And you can stop stressing over the over the tickets that, 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 that you're getting at the last second and how expensive they are and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Just download the Game Time app today. It allows you to book tickets up, up, even up to the last minute if you didn't plan far in advance and then still get to enjoy the events of your choice. These are exclusive flash deals that happen for football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater, all all that and more. And the game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less dump somewhere else, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code PITT, PIT, all capital letters, all one word, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase on game time or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms, terms, terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITT, PIT, all capital letters, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, Ray Fittipato. Here at the Post-Gazette. All right, guys, let's do this mock draft thing. So here again is the exercise. We're going to do in snake formation from me to Brian to Ray and then Ray to Brian to me for four rounds. Hey, why is that the order? How did we determine this? Uh, Just based on how uh, StreamYard put us right now. Uh, uh, Okay, (laughs) I guess that's random enough. 
Hey, hey, I don't, I don't make the rules. You're always I'm, in the top left, though, aren't you? Um, unless I do make the rules, you see me moving us around. Oh, I could be last. Brian could be first. Ray could be first. Look at me making moves. No, get back down there. I'm first. Exactly. This is my show. <laughs> but let's let's start this exercise here. So I'm going to start by getting a big target off the board. And Brian, you you pick you picked him in your first mock, and that's Broderick Jones. I, you know, I'm, this is, this is again, a guy I'm going to pick him because I do think they'll have to trade up, but I also think this is a time for trading up for the Steelers. They've, they've gotten extra pick. Uh, you go back to when they, they traded up for Devin Bush. It was because they were, or at least they justified it after the fact by saying, Hey, we got extra picks from the Antonio Brown trade that gave us comfort, comfortability to move up and still be able to get guys that we need later in the draft. I think with the chase Claypool trade, they're going to feel similarly, and Broderick Jones is very much a target in the first round. I do think, again, they'll have to trade up to get him. I don't think he falls down to 17, but that's certainly an interesting spot. Brian, the draft board now falls to you. You get your pick of anyone but Broderick Jones. All right. Well, um, that was the guy that I I have predicted going to the Steelers in print, so now I can really uh, cast a wide net here. Um, I'm going to go with Joey Porter Jr., just, okay. you know, the familiarity, you can't overlook it. And last segment, we discussed the kind of overall philosophy for them at corner. So I will uh, I'll cover all my bases here on O-line corner. And I think when we did our first round mock last week, I slotted Lucas Van Ness to the Steelers. So I'm I'm all over the place. Okay, Ray, you're up and you get the next two picks here, being that you had the last in this round. You'll get the first pick of the second round, much like the Steelers do in the actual draft. All right, I will go with... Paris Johnson Jr. and Darnell Wright. Whoa, double up on tackles. Yeah, I I think, you know, probably the scenario you're talking about with Broderick Jones might have to move up to get Paris Johnson. I think Wright maybe is the more likely pick if they stand pat. And it's kind of funny. Like, you you hear, um, you know, Darnell Wright plug and play right tackle. He could be a day one starter. A lot of people really like him in this draft. And Paris Johnson – there's some stuff to iron out there, right? I mean, he's 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 got some issues, but he also has this big upside too that I think, you know, talent evaluators are always um, infatuated with upside. So those are my two picks, and um, you know, again, I, I think probably a trade up for for Paris Johnson and Darnell Wright if they just stamp out at 17. Okay, so there we have it, Brian. You get your second round pick here as far as adding the next player off the board. Yeah, smart strategy by Ray there to uh, account for all plausible scenarios, a trade-up or standing uh, pat to get an alignment. I will take a similar tack, but do so with the cornerback position. And I'll go Deontay Banks here mm. uh, in case Billy Porter Jr. doesn't fall that far. Or, uh, you know, or they, you know, if they trade up for him, that'll help my first-round pick. If they stay where they are, much better odds of them selecting Banks uh, with the 17th pick. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specrite para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. I hate you there. Okay, Deontay Banks off the board. So for the record, we have three offensive – in the first five picks that we have done in our draft here, we have had three offensive tackles uh, and two cornerbacks as far as far as the picks. I have Broderick Jones. Brian has two cornerbacks. Ray has two offensive tackles. This well, is where we break – 
There, there we go. We're following the poll results. But this is where we break stride here. I'm going completely different here. For my next pick, I'm going to go one that a, a, a friend of ours who used to be around the Steelers a little bit more mentioned yesterday. That was Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. And he brought up the name Nolan Smith. And I'm not saying Nolan Smith is definitely a target. But I'm saying that if he falls down to 17 and the Steelers haven't traded up, they couldn't get the deal that they wanted – I know people are going to be like, another edge rusher? Why do we need that? But I'm telling you, this guy tests off the charts. I love his tape at Georgia. I think the Steelers will be very happy to get an extremely athletic linebacker, add him to the edge rusher position. And I think with the way that he moves, they might be inclined to flex him a little bit down, down in the linebacker position. And with the pick, the picks, the, the, the way they've constructed their roster, there won't be pressure on him to start at outside linebacker. And there wouldn't be pressure for him, for him to fill in too many in other places unless he's just coming off the bench. So I picked Nolan Smith, linebacker, edge rusher, excuse me, out of Georgia. Then for my number two, I'm sticking with defense. I'm going with Lucas Van Ness here because Lucas Van Ness, we've talked about him. He can play defensive line. He can play edge rusher, but his flexibility, his size, his strength, his test, his testing numbers, all of that to me speaks like a, like a Pittsburgh Steeler uh, guy who brings multiples as my common would, would say. So there's my third round pick, Brian, we're back to you. Are you picking another cornerback here? Kind of. I'm going to pick Brian Branch from Alabama, slot corner. And we know that Mike Tomlin likes the versatility at that position. I think he even Mm -hmm. mentioned that uh, Monday at his press or something. I think he was asked about positionless football or just the blurred lines of designations. And as always, he highlighted that uh, nickel defender position. And, you know, he would be a, uh, a guy who could learn under someone he's often compared to in Minka Fitzpatrick and just be the all around chess piece. Uh, for them to move around in their secondary. I think he w- he's he's a little under the radar at pick 17, but uh, you never know. Maybe this is a situation where they didn't even need to bring him in for a pre-draft visit because he's such a clean prospect, and you know they've been doing their due diligence in Tuscaloosa for years on end. All right, Ray, to you again, back-to-back picks, your third and fourth pick of this of this draft. All right, for my first pick here, uh, another trade-up scenario. I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez. Ooh, uh, I was wondering if someone would. Yeah, cornerback from Oregon. Yep. And, you know, they brought him in for a top 30 visit. Um, now, Omar and Mike did not go to his pro day, but they usually let the West Coast scouts, um, you know, hammer out those on the West Coast. So that's not a big deal, I don't think. And the way I look at it is they didn't bring in Devin Witherspoon, even though Devin Witherspoon might be a more typical Steelers corner with his ability to play and run support. Mm-hmm. So it just intrigues me that they were that interested in Gonzalez, that maybe they would consider, hey, if, if Gonzalez is – if he falls out of the top 10, let's say try to trade up 11 and 12, um, that's my thought process there. I don't think, however, he'll be there at 17. I hear you there. All right, who's your next guy? Now, uh, this is another Stan Pat scenario. And, you know, Brian, you talked about all the offensive tackles they brought in. They also brought in four interior prospects Mm. um, as well during the top 30 visits. They were out and about at pro days too. Um, And people say, well, you can't draft an interior guy at 17. Well, people do every year. I mean, it's not unusual – you know, Skaronsky might end up being a guard. He's going to be picked in the top 10. Um, uh, you know, there have been other guys who have been picked in the top 15 
as guards. That's becoming a more popular position. So another guy who has been linked to the Steelers for a while now, I'm going with Osiris Torrance out of Florida. And a very interesting pick there. He has been linked to the Steelers. He was a top 30 visit as as well uh, when, it, when it came to that. Uh, okay. All right, Ray. So you have Osiris Torrance putting that on the list here. Brian, your final pick of this mock draft, who's the last guy you're adding to your list here? Yeah, I mean, everybody's last pick is going to be something of a wild card inherently with uh, the way we structured this and, and doing four rounds tends to lead to this kind of discussion about the quote-unquote uh, dark horse candidates and Luckily for me, I've still got a lot of options because Nolan Smith was not on my board. Osiris Torrance was not getting any consideration from me. Um, But, man, I'm going to go with – I'll say Jackson Smith and Jigba from the Ohio State receiver only because he was mocked to the Steelers early this week by Peter King. And Peter King, I'm not saying, is the be-all, end-all of draft projections. In fact, I think he – himself is usually somewhat self-deprecating about it and says he only does one mock a year and he's just taking a guess. However, he was on the Steelers' Kenny Pickett uh, thing last year. He was one of the few big names, at least, that I saw uh, with that selection at number 20. He was on Najee Harris a couple years ago. Most people were. And I just went back through his history a little bit. He has not had any really bad whiffs on the Steelers in terms of you know taking a guy who they you know could have gotten much later or you know, completely screwing up the position. So maybe Peter King has a little bit of insight or intel into the Steelers for whatever reason. And I'll just say uh, that's that's my wild card pick is uh, is JSN from the Buckeyes. Okay, JSN goes there. So that leaves me, I think, with kind of an obvious pick here and kind of one I think we need to do our due diligence on and just naming him, and that's Brian Brzee, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Uh, his, his size yeah, meant – and I was wondering if you were going to take him because if you took yeah. him, it was going to put me in a tough position here, Brian. But you left me. You and in fact, you didn't. You passed on a fellow Brian. What what's up with that, man? You can't I, be passing I mean, up a Brian. I have Brian Branch, and he spells it with a Y. So I kind of look <laughs> look down at those guys. You look down at the guys who spell it with a Y. Um, but I, I picked Brian Brze here in my fourth quick here just because like you said we're, we're kind of going through our extra options here I know that Brze initially when like the the, the offseason started and everyone's talking about draft classes he was in that that 15 to 20 range and now he's kind of dropped down to you know more like mid-20s as far as projections but again that's just what scouts and what people in our position say we're not the Steelers we're not the people in the front office I think that there still could be a value there and if if the board falls a certain way he could be a target there sitting at 17 or even if the Steelers trade back in the first round if they don't like their value at 17 so there you have it there's all our positions also I think it's it's important to note we got the Steelers brought in, I think, four guys who they both sent the top brass to visit at their pro day and had a, had a top 30 visit. And those guys were Broderick Jones out of Georgia, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, Brian Brzee out of Clemson, and Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia. Now, Darnell Washington, I don't think any of us would project him to be a first-round pick for the Steelers. That's why we didn't pick him. But we named Brzee, Porter, and Broderick Jones. Um, so all three of those. And then, of course, we got other top 30 visits like Christian Gonzalez, um, you know, and, and like Darnell Wright uh, and, and guys like that. But still, again, at 32, there's a lot of room to wiggle to see that. We'll get your votes on who you think won the North Shore Drive podcast. Uh, uh, what, what, what should we call this? I need a fancy name for this, Brian. You came up with this exercise. I said uh, I called it the draft within the draft. I don't know. Draftception. Um, I don't even know. I, but none of us. 
What's that, Ray? Four-round snake draft. <laughs> uh, none, none of us picked Jordan Addison. None of us picked um, Devin Witherspoon, Peter Skaronsky. I guess we're just mm-hmm. we're all kind of reading reading the tea leaves and connecting the dots on uh, on those ones, given the lack of perceived interest. But uh, you never know. Maybe Omar Khan will uh, will throw us for a loop with his first draft as the GM. Who knows? We will certainly find out very soon. They're Brian Batko and Ray Fedopato. They will be at the Steelers facility Thursday and throughout the weekend as they as they make their draft picks here. I'm your host, Chris Carter. I'll be here kind of helping coordinate things and get things up. We will have coverage of those picks on this show. We'll have a full Friday show. There will also be a live stream during the draft that Adam Bittner will be running, and then we will be jumping in and out just trying to get to provide content and coverage for you guys. So get it all at post-gazette.com and more from the North Shore Drive podcast. We're not done, though. We're switching to the Pirates because they did lose to the Dodgers, but it went down to the wire and it was still a fun one. And I want to get Jason Mackey's thoughts on that. Stick with us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We're right back talking some buckos heading into the rest of the week. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter here, your host. We're switching to buckos, talking to our buckos beat writer. Jason Mackey. Jason, we could talk about the showdown with the Dodgers and the Pirates and how that went down the last one. There was a lot of great highlights from that game. Yeah. I got to talk to you about Reynolds signing this huge contract for, I think, what was it, $124 million? I can explain. I Please can explain. break it down for us <laughs> and explain this big deal because Bob Nutting broke the bank for a player. Who thought that was happening soon? How about that? The Bob Nunning upswing, man. We were we were joking that Bob Nunning should show up to the press conference in like a Penguins jersey. He's going <laughs> to overtake FSP or something. Like Bob Nunning's on the upswing. But no, um, so it can be as much as 124, Chris. That's the figure you're reading. It includes a club option for 2031. And I'm guessing that fans are probably a little confused by this. Like it's a guaranteed 10675. It okay. can go up to, I believe, 12475. If it's a team option, so if they pick up the options, twenty million dollars in twenty thirty one. So anyway, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's eight years guaranteed. If they don't pick up that last year, it's a two million dollar buyout. It's such a good deal for them. It really is. Um, I mean, not only are you sending a very important message to your fan base, you're getting a, an extremely talented player, a hugely respected. Uh, part of that clubhouse. Chris, one of the things that I think is most important, and anybody who's been in a locker room will understand this, like when the people who are in charge of your team are making the right move, boy, does that resonate? And that's exactly what this was. And guys in that clubhouse just really appreciate, like, he's one of us. We want him here. He's a good player. Get it done. And they did. And so uh, they deserve credit. And he deserves credit, frankly, for, you know, not shutting the door and not getting mad and, you know, like, you wanted this, but like they kept at it, and so yeah, happy it all got done, man. Yeah, same here. I mean, this is a, this is a really great story for for the for the Pirates. Now, here's a question for you though: with the Pirates paying this one guy, I know there's a lot of people who are cynical and thinking, well, that means they're not paying nobody else. But <laughs> is that the case? Would they still have space to get an O'Neill Cruz down the line and sign other guys who are becoming core parts of what they're trying to build as a team here? Yeah, I I don't think this prohibits them from signing anybody. Um, but they're still going to make deals that make sense. So, I mean, you know, they're not going to sign O'Neill Cruz for $40 million or $40 million a year. Like you're still going to get a deal that is market value and makes sense. Now, if O'Neill Cruz wants to, you know, commit long-term and get a bunch of money in his pocket right now, I think they would do that immediately. It's, it's part of, 
you know, any business is going to run a, a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. The pirates are no different. And if you give them cost certainty, it's something that they feel like is a value below what they would otherwise project that player to be. They're going to make that deal. Um, they're just a lot of times that doesn't sort of connect. And so I look at the cruise thing. If I'm the pirates, I'm absolutely going to O'Neill, seeing if he'd get something done. And mm-hmm. I would absolutely understand and respect if O'Neill didn't want to do that. If he said, you know, I know I got the ankle thing, but I'd like to play another year, play another year or two, and then let's talk. And I think my value is going to go way up. And I think he'd be absolutely right for thinking that and not wanting to sign something now. So the short answer, Chris, is I don't think it prohibits them from doing any business with anybody else. I think the idea is to, you know, get good, stay good, win more games and grow the payroll. And as mad as people want to get about what they did in the last regime, they grew the payroll from $39 million to $100 million. This is part of that. I agree. And you you look at that, and I think something that you just said a couple minutes ago right here on the show was talking about the confidence it puts in the clubhouse of yeah. guys seeing management, break, keeping the right guys. Let's talk about not just the impact it has on the team right now, but also on the young guys like a Mitch Keller who's coming up and he's just find, finding his way as to being a regular starter always in the rotation and everything. But a lot of these younger guys who you want to keep around, you want to say, hey, you know what? Like, look what we're doing for this guy who stuck with us even through some of the darkest years that we didn't have in a while around here. Yeah. Like, there, 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 there's going to be respect. I think there's going to be uh, there's going to be fair pay, and there's going to be real opportunities for some of these younger guys. I think all of that are positive, motivating factors as the Pirates rebuild their way back to being a contender. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And I think there's like a a crude or crass. That's probably not the right word, but just like a direct way of saying this: you're only going to be so bad. You know, if you start with like Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes, some of the young arms they have, mm-hmm. that is encouraging for guys. You know, and not that anybody say like, well, we just hope to not stink. No, it's part of like you're building a structure and then everything else is on top of it. So if we're going to start with Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, like, you know, if you're a player, okay, this is a place that is going to be good. This this is a place that like they're going to offer something. You get good young arms. Let's say they lock up Keller. Maybe they lock up Bednar. I don't know. But I mean, really, let's get excited and add Cruz to the mix. Like if that's your young nucleus. That's man. a good place to be, man. If it is. It is. Player, you're like, you're going to give me opportunity. I'm going to play in a great ballpark, a livable city with decent taxes, with good people that don't treat me like a jerk, um, <laughs> an exciting brand of baseball that is like hooking the fans. I'm in. That's what I want as a professional player. And like, it's going to start to become more of a destination city instead of a place where guys feel like they just have to go because there's playing time available. Now, I, I do want to address the big game that was on Tuesday night. Uh, the Pirates hosted the Dodgers, and this was sort of the first test of like, okay, if, you, if you're not buying into them and you're waiting to see how they do against like a really good team like the Dodgers, let's see how, how they do. They did lose, but it went down to the wire, seven, seven to eight. It took a three-run uh, eighth inning by the Dodgers to get, to get them over the top. What were some of your biggest takeaways from, from that game and how it, it played out? You know what's funny, Chris? <clears throat> Excuse me. My biggest takeaway is something that's like bigger picture than the game itself. I thought the mm-hmm. game was interesting. I thought Jack Sawinski was fantastic in left field. That home run he robbed is something I'm going to be. That was an amazing along. highlight. I was like, you know, Brian Giles, Jason Bay type stuff. Um, but I, I had a conversation with Colin Holderman after the game about, you know, how do you guys handle this? Because I feel like last year or in, in any previous years, if the Pirates would have played the Dodgers to one run, 
and would have been right there and they had a lead and they were challenging them. It was just a good baseball game. Like they would have been happy with that. The group last night was not happy with that. That wasn't mm-hmm. acceptable. We're talking about, you know, they, they gave the Dodgers too many base runners. They made, they did not make plays they should have made. Colin Holderman made a bad pitch uh, to turn. I think it was Tur- Taylor. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the eighth inning left the left the 2-0 sinker up like you just can't do those things and that's okay I mean we're parsing a baseball game there's 162 it's going to happen but I think the bigger picture to me is just not a complacency it's not okay to lose a game that you feel like you had opportunities to win and guys are ticked off about it and they should be ticked off about it and so I'm curious to see how they respond tonight in the rest of the series because I think the Pirates I mean it's just man whatever switch that's flipped it's a different group there right now Absolutely. It is a different group, the way that they're carrying themselves. I'm intrigued to see how they bounce back. And we talked about, you know, the last time we talked with you on the show about how will they bounce back from a slump whenever it hits? Not that one loss is a slump, but how do they bounce back from losses, period, before it gets to a slump? All of that, I think, is very important. He's Jason Mackey, Pirates Beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thank you for joining us here, Jason. We'll have you back on again very soon. The Steelers draft starts tomorrow, which means we will have all sorts of coverage, as we said before. We'll have Adam Bittner running a live stream during the draft where I'll be jumping in, Ray will be jumping in, Brian will be jumping in. We'll be getting our thoughts on that. And then, of course, we will have the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast going over what the Steelers did do in the first round. Did they trade up? Did they stay put? Did they trade back? Did they get an offensive tackle? Did they get a cornerback? Joey Porter Jr. All those things will be explored on the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for Jason. Thank you for Brian. Thank you for Ray. Thank you for everyone who's checking out this podcast right now. Like this video if you enjoyed it on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel to get all the daily content that comes from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. I'll see you again Friday when we know who the Steelers did take in the first round of the NFL Draft. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.